welcome to Education, Leadership, and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving. My name is Andrew Murata, host of the show, and thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. We are live here on Facebook, proud member of the Education Podcast Network, Voice Ed Radio Canada, wherever you are taking in your podcast, when it gets down to iTunes as well, appreciate you tuning in. Uh, I love that the show is live, so if you are watching, jump in with a question or a comment. Uh, it makes the show fun. It makes it interactive. Super excited. Super excited. I love to laugh. I love to smile. I love the creativity of comedians. And we are going to meet a New York City teacher as well as comedian who is on the way up. He is uh, you know, flying high, doing great work. Gaspar Randazzo from Staten Island, Brooklyn to Staten Island. My paisan from Staten Island. We're going to meet him in just a moment. Uh, he was just on a Netflix show. I mean, he has got it going on. Uh, really excited to talk to him. And I'm grateful that he, he gave us the time here on the show. So uh, our sponsor for today's show, IXL. If you've been watching the shows, um, happy to have a partnership with IXL. I've used it as a principal, uh, and I certainly know it is an extremely powerful tool. Over 1 million teachers use IXL in their classrooms every day. It is the most widely used online learning and teaching platform, K-12. through It empowers school with a complete curriculum, thousands of instructional resources, robust reporting, and assessment data. That is incredible, their assessment data. It gives you to the kid instantly. It gives it to you instantly. It sorts it. Incredible. IXL saves teachers valuable time with ready-made plans aligned to their standards and textbooks built-in engagement tools like custom competitions that make learning fun for students. Empower your teachers with the tools and insights they need to enhance their instruction all in one single easy-to-use platform. Get started today at IXL.com, and I'll put that link in the show notes uh, that you could click there. Excellent tool for teachers, gives those that assessment data. So uh, thank you for IXL for sponsoring the show. Well, let's get started. We're going to meet Gaspar in, in just a minute. And the opening concept is about creating content. How and where do you do that as a leader? How and where do you do that as an educator? And, and are you doing that, right? Some of us just absorb the content, right? We enjoy looking and scrolling and watching. And then there are those who create. Gaspar does an incredible job of creating content. It's just incredible. Um, and I like to do that as well in my role. One thing that helps me is when I see it and when I feel it, I get these downloads in my head. I kind of grab it. I put it on a Siri reminder. I put it on a post-it note. I got my little book here, my little black book, Gaspar. I write it down in there. But you got to grab those content pieces when they come to you. And then you create the time to do it. I'm early Saturday morning, early Sunday morning. I'm that 5 a.m. guy building that time to get that content in and, and get it done. And uh, But it's grabbing the ideas when they come to you. You don't sit down and say, hmm, what do I want to create? You grab them when they come to you. Enough of me talking. Let's bring in the star of the show, Gaspar Randazzo from Staten Island. Gaspar, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I feel like our voices match, you know, we both got the uh, raspy kind of an accent, you know, it's good. K kind of an accent, Gaspar? <laughs> well, you got more of an accent than I have an accent, I think. 
Well, I went to Staten Island yesterday to see my mom, and uh, right away my daughter was like, Dad, that guy sounds just like you. Uh, you know, they say you can take the kid out of the city, but you can't take the city out of the kid. So here we are. But so nice to connect. Uh, uh, I know yes. you got a really busy schedule. Thanks for coming on. No, thank you for having me. Yeah, it is. It's so crazy because as I was telling you before, usually I do anything like this at nighttime when my kids go to bed, 8.30, 9 o'clock at night, and then I'm recording till, 9, uh, till 10.30, 11. And it's exhausting. So it's nice to do something in the day where I'm not going to be so tired later, except midway through this interview, you're going to see me have to walk to my house to get my daughter from upstairs as we move rooms because my wife has to run out to pick up my son of the juggling act of, you know, the real life stuff. So real behind the scenes uh, life yeah. stuff. And let's start there, Gaspar. Let, let's jump right in there. You're a teacher, New York City Department of Education teacher. You are a comedian on the rise. You're a dad. You're a husband. You got a lot going on. How, how do you kind of balance all of that in your life while taking care of yourself? I don't really take care of myself. So that's number one. So that's good. Put that right at the end of the line. Um, I, you know, it's one of those things. You have no choice. You make it work. It, it, like anything in life. People, the number one comment people always say online is, how do you have the time to make these videos, to tour, to teach, to do, to whatever. And it's like, if there's something you want in life, you make the time to do it. And that applies to everything, be it, uh, you know, stardom or teaching or family relationships, boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, whatever. Like, I love my kids. I want to do everything with my kids. So I make the time to do that. I love my wife. I want to be with my wife. I make the time to do that. You know, you have to delegate time. And unfortunately, there's not enough time in the day. So I do a lot of things at late at night or very early in the morning, as you know, as we were speaking before, how I email you at like 4.50 in the morning because I'm up, my mind starts racing and I'm like, okay, I need to, same thing like you. I got a whole reminders app of just a hundred things I got to do. And I'm just checking them off through the day as I'm trying to get everything done. Because if, if I don't do them when I have time, I can't, I'm not going to get it done. So that's just it. You just make the time to do it like anything else. Well, you are getting it done. You're getting it done in a lot of areas. Uh, teaching, again, your professional life there. Uh, when you, Did you know you wanted to be a teacher, uh, Gaspar? When did that happen that you kind of knew you wanted to be a teacher? A uh, teacher, I'm going to I originally went to college for business, like communications, business, because I was like, I just want to like talk to people and be in public relations and well, originally I wanted to be a football player, but you know, I stopped growing in eighth grade. So that kind of canceled that out. But, um, I, you know, I, when I realized that like the business life wasn't for me wearing a suit every day, going to the Manhattan every day, traveling, I didn't really want to do that. And I was like, I, my mom was a teacher. I love, I loved school. I really did love school. I wasn't good at it, but I loved school. And, uh, so, and I had great teachers growing up. Well, I had a few great teachers and I was like, you know what? I want to be that for kids. So I did go in. I feel like for the right reasons, like I really did want to make differences. And, and I, you know, I, I do, I still love teaching because a lot of people are like, well, why don't you just quit teaching and focus on comedy and entertainment? But I love teaching. Like, to me, teaching is not a job to me. And I'm not like sitting here like a saint. Oh, it's a passion. It's not that either. I, I enjoy being there. Like I enjoy being with the kids. I enjoy hanging out. I enjoy the learning aspect, making it fun, 
being there for kids. I, you know, I'm not enjoying like sitting there grading essays. I'd be lying if I said that. I don't even give essays because I don't want to grade them. So, you know, so, but, but it's a passion, just like everything else. I, I'm going to do it till I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. And were you like a jokester in school? Were you, you know, the, the class clown and that kind of yeah, stuff? I mean, I always fooled around my whole life. And that was, you know, my, it's like my wife's biggest pet peeve of me is that I'm never serious that even in the worst of situations, I'll find a way to make it fun and make a joke because to me, it's like, this is it. Like life's short and I'm not trying to sit here worrying about things all the time and being miserable and being sad. So I want to make everything fun. If I can make something fun, I want it to be fun. So, you know, I was always a class clown, whatever, but I never did. I didn't start doing stand-up until I was like 26 years old, 27. So and it was, and I was an extra on a movie set, and someone said, "Hey, you're really funny. Did you ever try doing stand up?" And I'm like, "I always wanted to do it. I just never tried." He's like, "Well, I run this open mic. If you know, not an open mic, but like a little show. If you want to jump on, I'll give you a spot. Give you ten wow. minutes." So I was like, "Sure, why not?" I went. I did it. It was a lot of fun. It was uh, pretty cool. Someone in the audience was there, and he was like, "Hey, I'm a, I, I book other shows. You're pretty good." I'll put you on other shows. And I was like, I had no idea how it worked. It was my first thing I ever did. I was like, okay, cool. So then I jumped on his shows. And then it just really during COVID, I started making more of like the online aspect of making yeah. videos and pumping out content. And that's where I started to grow my following through the online stuff. And then it went from like doing shows in front of, you know, hope like trying to drag four friends out to come see a show <laughs> you know, all of a sudden selling out in Portland, Oregon, or, you know, doing shows in Tampa and selling out. And I'm like, how do you guys even know who I am? <laughs> like, it was like mind blowing because like I said, pre COVID, I could, you know, I was doing shows in front of my mom. That was it. You know, my mom, my wife and two friends. <laughs> so it's been a pretty cool rise for sure. Yeah, and your stuff is fantastic. Check him out on Instagram uh, and his website at Stand Up Randazzo. And uh, but really, I mean, the stuff is just really funny, Gaspar. Like, I, I mean, uh, uh, you know, you're doing a show at the at the baseball stadium in Staten Island. I mean, the Staten Island Yankees. I know they're not there anymore, but uh, really incredible. You heard me on the opening concept about those downloads, those those concept grabbers. Like, are you always grabbing content? How are you creating so much? And how, how do you do it? How do you come up with it? So one advantage also of still being in the classroom is that the my muse is still there. You know what I mean? Like I'm living in my 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 material. So like every day as I'm teaching, things are happening all around me. And I'm like, oh, no, don't don't do that. But meanwhile, I'm writing it down. I'm like, oh, stop. No, don't fight. Uh. And I'm like writing it all down because I'm like, this is all the stuff I use in my stand up. This is what I use in, uh, you know, in my videos and stuff. So part of being in the classroom is just keeping my mind active. Like I had COVID a few weeks ago and uh, I was home and I, in my head, I was like, oh, I'm going to film so much and do so much. And I was like so uninspired. I was just home and I was like, I was also super sick for it. But but when I wasn't, when I was feeling better, I was like, nah, I'm not feeling it. Whereas in if I'm on the go, busy, 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 doing a million things, that's when my brain is like firing off, like film this, do this, do this, you know, 
for me, the busier I am, the better I am in things. Yeah. And Gaspar, you know, similar to a lesson plan, you're teaching, you're kind of following that. I observe teachers in my role, you know, they have their intro. They go, I always was curious with stand-up, because they're not they're not holding. You know, when I present, I'm always looking at the board, like what's next? I click and I what how do you remember? what's next? Like how you're talking the audience. How do you remember what's next? All right. So it's funny. Cause people are always like, I, cause when I do a show, I do like an hour and 20 minutes, which is, wow. long, yeah. which is long, but everyone's like, how do you remember it all? I'm like, it's my stories. Like it's my life. So I'm literally just remembering things that happened in my life. So it's like, if I said to you, tell me about your wedding day, tell me about the birth of your daughter. Tell me, you know what I mean? Like you can talk about those things now, making it funny, making it interesting. Obviously that comes with practice and telling the story multiple times, but it's just one of those things. Like I'm comfortable. Number one, I'm just comfortable in my own skin. I'm comfortable in the stories. I'm comfortable in being up there. So once I get up there, I have the set of what I'm going to say. But then of course I'm like, oh, well, what do you do? And then someone says something and then that derails me. And then I go another direction. But as long as in my head, I'm like, oh, I was on, you know, number seven. And then like, oh, we went on this deep detour. And while I was on the detour, I talked about 41, 42, 43. So now I'll go back to seven, go eight through 41. I could skip 42, 43, because I already talked about it. You know, like, it's just a lot of, knowing your material so well that you can just go in and out of it and feel comfortable just bobbing and weaving through it. And so, but on that first one, when that guy said, Hey, do you want to do this? Did you oh, have horrifying. Out? Like, how did horrifying. you? Horrifying. It, so I think I did eight minutes that first time. Eight. So people say eight minutes. Oh, like eight minutes. That's nothing. Eight minutes in front of an audience of people where you're being paid to make them laugh, not being paid to present. It's not a PD where you're just yeah, like, yeah, here's yeah. the information. I have to give it to you. This is eight minutes of people who are like, entertain me, clown. And like the eight minutes feels like a day of time. Now, eight minutes is me just going on stage and just doing the initial BS, talking to the crowd. Like, it's so crazy how, and I remember getting up there going, I have to get through my material. Okay, here's my set list in my head. I'm like, okay, here. And now it's like, so it, it felt, look, I, I, I didn't film it and I'm glad I didn't because it'd be embarrassing to watch. Yeah, um, yeah. So, but like everything, my first year of teaching, my lessons probably sucked. I was probably a horrible teacher. I was a horrible teacher. I, I mean, I know looking back at things I did you know, you're not like anything. The more you do it, the better you get at it. Yeah. Yeah. And I always say teaching is similar to stand up. Yeah. Same routine. I, I teach high school. So I teach, I'm teaching global one. So all day today, I taught about the medieval nights, first period, second period, fourth period, fifth period, eighth period. So I did the same lesson with little tweaks here and there in stand up. It's the same thing. So this weekend in Rochester, I'm doing the same thing I always do, but I'll throw in a few Rochester specific jokes. But for the most part, it's it's a similar set, you know, and the things that change are what the audience says, just like the things that change when you're doing a lesson are the things that the kids, you know, ask you or whatever as the day progresses. And it's really very similar. How do you know if it scores? Like if you're up in Rochester this weekend and you're going to slip in a new joke at 17th, 
Do you listen? Do you feel the laughter? Like, how do you know, oh, that shit was funny? It's like anything. Yeah, I mean, you see reactions of the people. <laughs> so, like, if they're not laughing, I'm like, oh, that joke sucked. But the thing is, the joke might have sucked. It's so crazy. So, like, to put it into perspective, so I did Boston a month ago. It was two shows back to back, seven and a nine. Both were sold out. Same people, same area, 250 people in each show. First crowd, I did something killed. They loved every second of the, the joke. Second crowd, same joke, same delivery, same everything. It, I mean, it got a few laughs, but it did. And I was like, huh, that, that just worked an hour ago. That was the best joke I told one hour ago. Wow. It's not. But look at, uh, like, not to bring it all teachery, but look at a lesson. One minute, the lesson's killing, and you're like, they're all getting it. And then you do the same lesson the next class, nobody gets it. Yeah. And you're like, what the hell? You guys are the same age, same demographic, same, same school. Why? But it's life. I mean, you know, all it, it, it's, it is crazy. But, like, you see how it's working based on – so, like, I have, like, this is, like, the set I plan on telling when I'm in Rochester. But I'll deviate because if something goes on that's funny, I'll say something new. Then I'll be like, ooh, that was really funny. I'll get – I'll remember it the whole show. And then I'll get off stage and be like, all right, when I said this, I also added this, and it was really funny. Let me add that for the next show. And then I just, now that becomes part of the set, that joke, you know, or that didn't really work and it didn't work twice. I'm cutting that from the set completely. So you're always tinkering your set as you go. Yeah. And you say you write them down. Like I, I said, I got my little book here. Do you yeah. have a book of jokes? You have I write everything. Everything is written in my phone. And wow. then this is like my master set list of jokes I'm going to tell. But then before every show, I rewrite it with things added or subtracted. So very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, if you are watching the show live, jump in, say hello. My paisan from Staten Island. Again, very gracious. Uh, Gaspar, to give us some time here. And you, I know you're so busy. Um, when something bombs, you just talked about it. Like, does it? Do you do you have a go-to that to kind of get you out of that? Do you are you like ah that was no good and quickly get back on track? Listen, unfortunately, bombing is part of the profession. There's not one stand-up comedian who hasn't bombed. You know what I mean? From Dave Chappelle to the guy you've never heard of, everybody's bombed at some point. It's what you do after you bomb. You know what I mean? Like I'm up there for an hour. They're paying me to be up there for an hour. I can't, you know, when you're doing eight minutes and you bomb at five, you're like, ah, I'm done. I'm walking off. If you bomb at five and you still have four, 55 minutes and you walk off, they don't give you your check. So you kind of got to push through it. Like you have to look at it like there's a reason I'm here. These people have paid money to see this show and let me get back to doing what I do best or, you know, go with what you know will work. Like I bombed and then kind of just pivoted and moved on and, and figured it out, you know? I like, love it. And in leadership, Gaspar, we call it E plus R equals O. And it's the same thing in your classroom, the event and the outcome. And it's your response, right? That yeah. event of a bad joke. It's your response that produces that outcome. So good for you. Uh, and then I've seen comedians bomb and be like, Oh, that usually is really funny. I guess uh, I, you know, I don't know what to tell you moving on and they move on. And it's like, the crowd can respect that because it's like, if you're doing, if you're the headliner, you're not, this isn't the first time you've ever made these jokes. So like, 
they the crowd can understand like oh all right that's just wasn't that funny for me i didn't like it maybe other people clearly do or whatever you know and, and you just move on that's it you just persevere Gaspar, I got some people that I admire that I'm looking up to as speakers and, and keynoters that I said, man, I, I love their stuff. I want to be like them. Who are some of the, the, the comics that you look up to and say, man, I love their material. I love how they present. Who are some of those people for you? Yeah, so definitely uh, Joe Dombrowski, who is so him and I run a podcast together. He's a huge, very well-known all around the world, successful comedian and um He's been my mentor. So aside from just having a podcast together and being my closest friend, just as far as how he conducts business, how he handles every, I mean, right before we got on this call, I'm talking to a club about something and they're saying things and I'm like, just give me a minute. I just got to uh, think about it. And I call him right away and I'm like, Joe, what should I do? And he walks me through everything, you know, so it's, it's really good. You need somebody like that. Someone yeah. who's been through the business, been through the, the ringer, you know, so he's definitely somebody that I look up to in the comedy world, hundred percent. Yeah. So that's, but. that's awesome. Yeah. You need that mentor. You need that person to help guide you. Yeah. Uh, hey, you just had another big step uh, in your career here. You just ended a Netflix show here. Uh, the trust uh, it's on Netflix right now. I told Gaspar off air, I want to tell him on air, he stood out incredibly. His personality, his family, his sincerity, his authenticity really stood out. Tell us about that experience, uh, about being on the trust with Netflix. Yeah, so I, I, as I tell you this, I am going to walk upstairs just to uh, so that my wife... We're getting a tour of the house. I was going to say, so you're going to get to see the, you know, the, uh, the other side of my life here. But yeah, so... I was on, I'm sorry, I know this gives people a headache. Oh, that's okay. We I apologize. It's but, like Staten Island traffic, bro. Yeah. But if I don't do this, then my son's sitting outside of his uh, after school program. So, <laughs> all right. So anyway, so my, um, so I was on, all right, here we go. I'm back. So I was on, I was on the show. It's called The Trust. And I, so I had to audition for another show for the History Channel. They needed uh, someone who knew history and someone who was funny. And I had auditioned about like almost two years ago. I auditioned for this show, went pretty far in it, but I didn't end up getting picked. So they called me. That was it. So I didn't get picked. So then fast forward to about October and I get a phone call and it's this woman. And she's like, hey, it's so-and-so. I don't know if you remember me. I was the casting director from the show. We have another show if you're interested in being part of it, if we'd love for you to audition. So I audition October, November, December, I, and I'm going round by round. And I'm like, oh, I seem to be doing kind of good, but I also know how these things work. And I'm like, okay, whatever. I'll just go through the motions of it. Then come January, they're like, hey, like, we really like you. Uh, don't book any shows in March. And I'm like, well, did I get it or not? Because I'm not going to not book. And they're like, well, you know, we, we don't know yet, but you're doing really well in the audition process or whatever. So fast forward February, they tell me that I got it. And they were like, we leave in a week. And I was like, oh, well, that's not how it works because I'm a teacher. Yeah, um, yeah. So I had to go through all the motions. I had to, I, I wasn't able to get 
So I wasn't able to keep my job as a teacher and go on the show because you can't get paid from two entities at the same time. So I had to resign from my position as a teacher. And so I basically just took the gamble on myself. And I said, this show will hopefully, because in my head, I was like, I can't say no, sit in my classroom, watch this show come out, watch it be successful, knowing I would have been on it had I not taken the risk. So I was like, I'm going to bet on myself. I'm going to resign. When I come back, I'll reapply for my position. I'll go through all the paperwork. I didn't lose tenure. I didn't lose salary. I I just didn't get paid for the two months that I was on the show. And the gamble was worth it because I got, you know, I was on the show. The show was number two on Netflix for about two weeks, which was pretty cool considering things on Netflix, you know, come and go overnight. Sure. And, uh, and it was a really fun, interesting experience. Uh, I don't know what. Do you want me to tell you about the show or just? Yeah. What you? Yeah. What you learn? What was it like? How real was the reality show? All of those things. Sure. Yeah. So, um, it, you know, you learn. Um, it's weird. It's definitely weird watching yourself on TV. But it's funny because people always say, like, to my wife or my mom, whoever, like, oh, like, is it weird watching him? And they're all like. Not really, because it's just him. Like, I didn't play a part. I didn't, I wasn't an actor. I was myself. And what you see is real in the sense of like, every situation that happened, happened. And then we're just reacting to what happened. So it's like, it wasn't fake in the sense that I was like, they came out and said, okay, we're going to do this. Now everybody acts surprised. Like when I'm surprised, I'm surprised. When we're mad, we're mad. When we're happy, you just have somebody filming you 24-7 every move you make. Now, the funny part is like, you know, I'm used to reading comments about stuff online because like I am online. I see, you know, what people write in comments because people just comment on things as if you're not really a person. So, but it's definitely funny because Netflix told us like, hey, you might be like, big quote unquote in your Instagram world. But Netflix world is very different. Like millions and millions and millions of people around the whole globe are going to watch you. And they're all going to have something to say about everything you do. So it is funny, like the comments that I got online, you know, like people were like, oh, I love when they do an overhead camera angle so that you could see where Gasper's hairline receded to. Like, (laughs) What? Like, you don't even know me. And this is what, you know, like people wrote, like, today I decided to rank the cast in physical appearance. Uh, And it's like, you know, it names all the people. And then it was like, Gasper is dead last. (laughs) There's nothing special about this guy. He can't look any more average. And it's like, but it's like, you just laugh because it's like, who the hell is writing this? Like, And it's just like some random person in their house. And they're like, let me wake up and rank the cast of the trust. Like why? (laughs) But, but this is what people do. So I, you know, it's funny because like you don't ever expect that, but that's a part of it. And like Netflix told us, like, this is what people are going to do. They're just going to like wake up and hate you. (laughs) So you know, so that was definitely, or like people would just write like, wow, Gasper's so small. I would never be friends with that guy. Like, what? Like, well, you, you didn't you didn't finish last on the show. You were one of the winners. You came home with some cash. Uh, and again, 
if you haven't watched it, it's the trust on Netflix. I think Gasper stood out again, his character, uh, his able to get along, able to read people and situations. So bring us back. What, what is something that's made you better as an educator? That's made you better as a family person and has made you better in your career in showbiz. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because people say like, well, what would you, would you do anything different? I'm like, not really. I, I won. So it's like, what would I do different? I, I, you know, I, I I think that I learned that by being yourself, you, you can be accepted and, and do well by just being yourself. Like I didn't change anything about myself. I, I'm nice to people in real life. I was nice to people on the show. I saw people on the show who tried to be tricksters and tried to be manipulative and they all got eliminated. So it was like, interesting that it's like you're on this show it's called the trust literally just be a good trustworthy person and you will win and the people who tried to be deceitful all ended up getting eliminated wow or figure i mean you know and it's like and they were shocked that they got eliminated it's like you're literally on a show called the trust and you're lying like why are you shocked that nobody likes you here like you're lying about me you know so i think it just showed me that be yourself and take a chance, take a risk, you know, and nothing, you know, nothing in this world is guaranteed. And if you don't take the chance when things are presented to you, it might pass you by. It might never happen again. The chances of you getting on a Netflix show are pretty much like 0.1%. I don't know what the actual numbers are, but I can't imagine it's very high. Yeah. considering millions of people audition for these things every day. So, you know, if something is there and an opportunity presents itself, then you have to take it and, and take a risk and know that, you know, hopefully your family, your support system will back you up and be there for you when you get home, you know? Well, good for you for being able to work out those logistics and, and standing out and, and good for you for doing that. Uh, Gaspar, we're, we're running out of time here. You and I could talk the whole time, but I did, I, you know, your, your list, I, I put some of the shows you have coming up. You're selling out shows all over the country, but right in your backyard this summer, you're doing a show at the stadium in Staten Island, a, a baseball stadium. Is that a, a step up in terms of the, so, the, the fans, last, you know? so last year we actually did the show at the stadium as well. You, you did it. Okay. So in the summer, so we, um, I'm going to, I'm not going to, it is really cool. I'm not downplaying it, but I'm not going to talk it up. Like I performed in front of 5,000 people. Yeah. What we did was we cut off a like a quarter of the stadium. Okay. So 400 people. And we did like, because we realized like, well, number one, like selling 5,000 tickets is very difficult, obviously. Sure. But also we realized like me standing in the baseball, you know, at the pitcher's mound, in a giant stadium won't make sense. You so lose, we, yeah. Yeah, we kind of partitioned one side of the stadium and I stood on the field in front of it. So it God. was pretty cool how we did it. It was a lot of fun. And like I said, I mean, 400 people is a lot of people to come to a show. Yeah. Uh, this year, they're doing it a little different because I was kind of far away from everybody by being on the field. And I am very interactive with the audience. So I didn't really love it. So this year we're doing it a little different. I'm going to be, we're going to set it up like basically on field where I'm on a stage and everybody's in chairs around 
but we're going to be like on the field type of thing. Oh, wow. That's cool. So it'll be a different type of setup. And it's just really cool. Like you're in a yes. giant baseball stadium with the, the Jumbotron is playing the show. So like I would just be looking up and I'm like, oh, shoot, like that's me wow. on a giant screen in front of all these people. So it's pretty cool. Very sure. cool. And check it out. It's on his website. All his dates are on his website. Uh, it's incredible how you could do that. And you're seeing the show sell out. So good for you, Gaspar. You. And, and uh, again, it's just see this hardworking young guy here Thank making you. it in, in a very difficult business is, is incredible. So I got to give you a you know, shout out here. Um, Thank you. Gaspar, before we get to rapid fire here, anything that you wanted to talk about that I didn't ask you? No, I mean... You know, we like you said, we could go on and on. I know you probably had questions that we didn't get to, but that's the story of my life. <laughs> over talking through all the questions. Yeah, but hey, Staten Island, man, it's busy. You get in what you can get in, right? Yeah. Well, we got some rapid fire, Gaspar. This is like, uh, you know, leaving Brooklyn after the show and, and trying to get back. So these are quick answers. First thing that comes to your mind, are yeah. you ready? I'm ready. Here we go. Last book you read. <laughs> I don't read. Um, probably the book Holes when I was in eighth grade. <laughs> okay. Last movie you saw? Uh, the Elvis movie we watched last night. It took us three weeks to get through it all, but it was great. I have a great, right? Very, very newfound love of Elvis. And if you could get to uh, Graceland, I highly recommend it. Yes, man. that's on our. Uh, my wife's like, do a show in Nashville so we can go to Graceland. Dude, I'm awesome. telling you, uh, Memphis. Yeah, yeah it's uh, you, uh, Memphis. I mean, that's yeah. Right, yeah. A absolutely your your respect level will grow last concert you went to Ooh, uh i don't even know probably alice cooper okay yeah. <laughs> favorite dish a paisan from new york city uh i want to say chicken parm because that is my favorite dish but i don't eat it much these days because i have a horrible acid reflux Ooh. so um i'm gonna say cheeseburger and french fries i'm, I'm simple Okay. Uh, you're traveling all over the place, you know. Let's go travel for business and then travel for your family, relaxation. Favorite place to travel for business? Uh, favorite place to do shows in, in that, like that? Uh, ooh, I would say San Diego. Nice. Really fun. I mean, it's just, it's because it's a beautiful place. Beautiful, yeah. Uh, the weather's always nice. <coughs> Austin, Texas is a lot of fun. Uh, I would say for uh, for what my family, you know, nothing's fun when you got two little kids. Come on, Jersey Shore. What are you? Where are you going? Uh, probably Pennsylvania. Like we're like Dorney Park type of, you know, okay. like amusement park. Stay in a nice little Airbnb type of family. Keep well, come up, come up and see us in the Delaware River here in Milford, uh, Port Jervis, New York, uh, this summer. We'll take care of you. I will. I'm gonna take yeah. you up. In 2024, I will fill in the blank. I will maybe stop being a teacher and go full-time entertainment. Whoa. Okay. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Maybe, maybe. We're, we're, it's in the mix. But, uh, you know, I got some other things working behind the scenes with Netflix that might be happening, but we'll see what happens. You know, like I said, I really do love teaching. And unfortunately, the entertainment world is rough, as you know, with Elvis, as what it does to people, what it does to families. I don't want to be away from my kids all the time. You know, life on the road is hard. So 
I tell my wife all the time, like, cause she's like, I wish you would just do comedy full time. I'm like, if I do comedy full time, you think I'm away a lot now? Yeah. I'm not even away a quarter of the time that people I know who do comedy full time are away. You know, like I'm really only away at two weekends a month, if that. I'm flying out late Friday nights. I'm flying home red eyes, Saturday nights, early Sunday mornings. It's not like that if I go full-time comedy. I'm gone Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, home Sunday morning. My daughter's got dance. My son's got baseball. I don't want to miss all that. So it's hard. It's definitely hard. Definitely a hard balance. Yeah, Yeah. sure. What's one thing you're curious about? Uh, Space. (laughs) <laughs> nice. I'm right there with you. Something about Gaspari Randazzo that people do not know about. I am proficient in sign language. Oh. And, and I taught it for many years. Interesting. Do you work that into the show? I do. I talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Very That's cool. Good. For Valentine's Day, Gaspari will fill in the blank. I'll probably order dinner with my wife and kids and all be home. We're going to see Chicago this weekend. Nice. So I guess that's my Valentine's Day. It's not really Valentine's. It's just like a, hey, I know you hate me because I'm away a lot. So here's a gift. <laughs> <That's impressive. laughs> All right. These are one or the other. Uh, a pick here. I already asked you about the food. So long walk or gym workout? Uh, long walk. Hate the gym. Long, um, beach, pool, or lake? Uh, lake. Staten Island or Brooklyn? Staten Island. At this point in my life, the parking, Staten Island. The fucking uh, book or audio book? Uh, neither. <laughs> Series or movie? Uh, depends. Series, I guess. I don't know. The, the trust. Cash I or credit? I can't get through either because I fall asleep. When as soon as I'm sitting, I fall asleep. <laughs> you keeping those keeping those late hours, man? Cash or credit? Cash. Winter or summer? Summer. Cookie or donut? No, it depends on which, what it is, but I'm going to say donut. You got a lot of good offerings there at Staten Island. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's nothing beats a seven-layer cookie, but, you know, <laughs> a homemade donut is pretty damn good. Surviving or thriving? Thriving. Yeah, baby. Gaspare Randazzo, everyone. Gaspare, I'm a quote guy. Uh, I love quotes. I, I'm inspired by them. Do you have one that you kind of live by that you, you know? Um. Well, there was a quote I said on the show that I butchered, and now I made it into merchandise that I now sell at my shows. I I said, a lion doesn't have to tell people it's a lion. It just, and then I didn't know what to say, and I was like, it just bees. And then I was like, no, that's not the quote. I fucked that up. And they were (laughs) like, what were you trying to say? I'm like, I don't really know. But if the quote is, a lion doesn't have to tell people it's a lion, it's just a lion. Meaning, like, don't be all bark and no bite. Just be yourself. Bees. Yeah. <laughs> just bees. And you said that multiple times, that you were yourself. You're comfortable in your own skin. And and it's nice to be around, Gaspar. It's nice to be around <laughs> and, and, and meet you and, and talk with you. So, Gaspar Randazzo, everyone. Uh, appreciate him uh, coming on the show. He is on the way up. Check out his websites. Check out his shows. He's got a number of shows here in the Northeast uh, coming up, really, all through the spring and summer. So I will be coming to multiple shows, and uh, hopefully we can get you here in the Hudson Valley. Yeah, I would love that. I appreciate it. All right. We're going to sign off here on Education, Leadership, and Beyond. 
Uh, Gaspar is an inspiration and uh, chasing those passions in his life while loving his family and being there. And it's uh, it's great to hear. So check him out. Someone's home now. <laughs> My daughter's yelling, Daddy, can I have a snack? Of course. <laughs> of course you can. Daddy's almost done. We're going to sign off on the show. Gaspar, you stay on the line a minute. Thank um, you. Uh, check me out if, if I can help you anyway on Twitter at Andrew Murata 21 on Twitter. Keep surviving and thriving, friends. Thank you.